Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I am your host, L. Russ. And today, just to let you know, we are going to mark this podcast explicit because there will be some language used. And part of that language is based on something I'm excited to talk to you about today that's been in development for a while. It is the premiere of my new book called Confident as Fuck. F-U asterisk K. You can find it on Amazon. I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. In fact, so excited I brought in my editor and essentially my co-publisher, an amazing woman in the paleosphere. You guys probably already know her. And if you don't, follow her on Instagram at The Muscle Maven. Ashley Van Houten is on the show today, and she's going to interview me. And Ashley is just an amazing... Uh, she. She's a podcast host for Paleo Magazine Radio. She's also a writer for Paleo Magazine. I've known her for many years, um, and I chose her to be the editor for my book, Such a Good Move. And not only that, basically was my co-publisher. I could not have done this alone, and if I did, my head probably would have exploded. So Ashley has been an amazing partner and knows this book through and through. So uh, I will introduce her, and she will interview me. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Elle. Uh, thank you so much for that. First of all, I've never done a podcast takeover, so I'm kind of excited about this. Like, it's such an honor to be on this podcast anyway. When you interviewed me a little while back, it was like, you know, career highlight. And now I get to do like a mini takeover of it. It's so exciting. I'm so happy to be here. It's fun. And um, thank you again so much. I mean, I have profusely thank you, but there's not a day that goes by that I'm so grateful that I didn't choose you to help me manifest this book dream. Well, I'm really, I'm actually really excited to talk about how this kind of this partnership came to be because yes. I think it's just so in line with the book too. Um, but first of all, congratulations on being done because I part of this this partnership that we had, I got a little bit of a glimpse of what it takes to write and publish a book and man, it is a, it's a, when people say the term labor of love, like that sounds like a cliche because people use it a lot, but it's the truth. Like it's a lot of work. So congratulations on, on doing it, you know? Thank you so much. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. and to people out there, I think, you know, it, <laughs> Ashley and I were laughing because Amazon makes it seem like it's kind of easy to do your own thing easily. And at the end of the day, it's really not. If you want to do this right, there's a lot of technical details behind it. In fact, sometimes putting the book out there is harder than actually writing it. It's all of the stuff afterwards, right? So we, we ran into that and um, we learned so much. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like it's, it's crazy when you think about writing is probably one of those vocations or passions that has like the highest barrier to entry that people don't understand until they actually start. Like people think, okay, you don't need any special skills. First of all, that's wrong. You absolutely do, but you can just, anybody can write, right? You just got to sit down and you have an idea and you write the story. Seems so simple. Then why aren't we all successful published writers because it's so hard. Even if you have a good idea, even if you love to write, even if you're passionate about getting a story out to the world, it is so difficult. And writing the, the story or writing the book is just one piece of what makes it so difficult. Like I'm, I'm so fired up about your project and some projects that I'm working on, but writing in general, because it's such a passion of mine. Like I'm in this line of work because I love to read and write and learn. And just having this sort of insight look on what it takes to bring a book uh, into reality is just, it's just such an incredible feat. I have so much respect for anybody who decides to undertake that, that project because it's just, it's massive. So anyway, 
I got a lot of questions for you. <laughs> I almost don't know where to start, <laughs> but maybe, maybe let's start with, we'll start kind of general and work our way in. Um, this book, Confident as Fuck, is a departure from your first book in that it really isn't, well, it is about health, but it isn't about, it isn't sort of a technical um, kind of physiology-based um, approach to health, right? It's a very different subject matter, and it's a really different approach. So the first question I guess I have is what made you decide that this book needed writing? Yeah, you know, so the first book was so specific, right? You know, being a subject expert in the area of thyroid and paleo health. So that's a very specific category. This book, Confident as Fuck, is for everybody, as you know. And one of the questions I've gotten from a few friends who, you know, I told that I was working on this was, well, well, I'm already confident. Do I need it? And and I would say, yes, you do. So, you know, so so let me just explain to people what it's about a little bit and then and then why I decided I was so compelled to write it. So it is a self-help book for people looking to level up their self-esteem and confidence to manifest their dreams and live a happier, more abundant existence. But this book is also for highly confident people to learn how to navigate some confidence pitfalls and become more accessible, you know, and refine their nature. A lot of us people, you, you're one of them, really mm-hmm. confident as fuck people, um, or highly confident people, I should say, have pitfalls in the arenas of like, whether it be active listening or being vulnerable and open and accessible to people, being able to show emotions and some other things. We can sometimes use our confidence for dominance and, and that can kind of overtake us and we can spiral there. And that, that's, that's not a great place to be either. So for me, um, this book, I was so compelled to write it because actually my entire life, it seems as though I have attracted people, coworkers, et cetera, who come to me because they need help in speaking up for themselves. Now, granted, I did that with paleothyroid solution in terms of, you know, trying to give patients a voice, how to talk to a doctor, go after it, be persistent, you know, um, and, and be your own health advocate. But this is entirely different. You know, this is all about, I guess you would say, yeah, like mental and emotional health, but you need confidence for everything, you know, from the boardroom to the bedroom. And I have just found that I've People have gravitated towards me. Now, what I have learned from them, though, and this is what the confident people who read it will will learn, is I've learned active listening, vulnerability, um, learning to open up, um, becoming a little, you know, less rough around the edges as I might have been, you know, 15 years ago or something. And, you know, confident people consider showing emotion as a weakness or vulnerability and things like that. We don't want to be seen as weak per se. And I would argue in doing the book that when you're confident as fuck, it's all encompassing inside, outside, and also the fact that you are able to learn and grow from the people who aren't because it's not just a one-sided relationship when these people come to me and they may be more quote beta or not as confident, but they have so much to teach us diplomacy, you know, active listening, or just in general, reacting slower. You know, a lot of confident people are pretty confident and they, you know, so just reaction, you know, sometimes we need to take a breath and go, hold on a minute. Let me think about that before I open my mouth because I am a forceful person. And so that's what we can learn from these people. So I, I, that's really why I wrote it because, I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, I have so many book ideas, as you, as you know, as a writer, you have so many ideas out there and you're like, which one is next? And this just, I was compelled to do it because this is what I coach so many people on friends, family, uh, strangers, you know, people to just speak up for themselves and be confident in whatever that endeavor is, whether it's going to ask Mark Sisson for a raise. You know, I've had fellow employees come to me and be like, <laughs> I'm not like Mark's intimidating, but you know, they're like, I'm afraid to go ask for a raise. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And they call me and they're like, Hey, you know, what do I do? Um, 
So I think, you know, part of speaking up is, again, declaring your worth, and there's all sorts of levels here. And of course, these are all covered in the book. Um, But I just think that people think confidence is, again, an outward show. Like, you and I are very outwardly confident. I want people listening to know that this book is not about teaching you how to be like Ashley and I, where you can podcast and get out there and be like, whatever, I'm in a room full of 50,000 people and I'm comfortable. We're not saying that it. Th- this is not where we're pitching. It's a all-encompassing inside, outside. It's the self-esteem and inner confidence and also outer confidence. And combine those together and honestly, you got a winning, winning life. I love that. Um, there's a couple of things I want to sort of unpack in, in what you said. And I, again, I have this awesome insider uh, look at it because I obviously spent a lot of time with the book. So I, I feel like I can I can ask you a lot of questions that people are going to have to read to, to really get the sort of full feeling of it. But I think some of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on in your response there was that confident people can can get a lot from this book because no matter how confident you are, no one is confident all the time and no one is confident in every single way. And you really highlighted in a couple specific anecdotes and and stories about individuals in the book about people who displayed all of this incredible confidence in so many areas or people who had every right to be confident because of all of these metrics, all of these criteria, they were successful, they made money, they were good looking, they were popular, whatever. And they still had areas in their life where they lacked a lot of confidence. So it's not one of those one size fits all. Okay. If you're confident, then you're confident everywhere. Or if you have this going for you, you're automatically confident. That is not the case at all. And so all of us can benefit from learning how to manifest confidence in every area of our life. And as you also touched on, confidence manifests in different ways too. So being a confident person or improving your confidence doesn't mean that you have to write a book or be a public speaker or, you know, do whatever it is that, that maybe we like to do it. It looks different and it feels different to different people. Um, so I think that that's really kind of an important thing. And that's why I agree with you what you're saying that everyone can benefit from this book because everyone's going to relate to something in the book for sure. Um, so that's really cool. And then another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, I feel like this, this is just going to be like a deep conversation, maybe less like Q and a, because I just, we, you and I haven't really had a debrief about the book on this level, right? So I'm kind of excited so about it. So this is perfect. We're doing yeah, it live. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it live. This can't, this can't end badly. Um, no, no, no. But I think, I think one of the other things that you, you were saying that really kind of stuck with me is, and we've talked about this because you and I, um, have diff- we have similar ways of viewing the world and interaction and interpersonal communication. And we've had similar sort of maybe responses from other people about maybe how we present ourselves in the world, um, being confident women, um, and some of the pitfalls that, that come from that. Um, but I think that one of the things that we're both learning as we make our way through the world and, and maybe get older, or maybe gain some wisdom is that sometimes the things that we mistake for confidence are actually not. Um, and, you know, you and I are both outgoing people. We're both, um, very personable people. We can talk to anybody. Um, we can get along in a group. We can do all of those things. And I think that we are confident in that way. But I think that sometimes, um, people who claim being alpha or claim being, um, dominant or, or, you know, just, I don't know, full of confidence, the way that they act in terms of like reacting too quickly or reacting aggressively to things that they don't agree with or dismissing people or being dominant, that's not really the way that a truly confident person will act, right? It sounds more like- That's just an asshole. Exactly. And and also on on that note though, and this is great that you brought this up, is because 
a lot of people think that alpha is a negative term, right? Like guys smashing beer cans against their head mm. and, you know, starting fights at parties or or an alpha woman just being a bitch, you know, cold-hearted bitch. That's that's not really the case. Alphas are incredible. In fact, I mean, when you have an emergency, you call an alpha. That's who, because they're going to get the shit done immediately, right? They're counted on. They're often, you know, highly relied upon people and uh, often type A, um, like us in a lot of ways. Although, you know, we have, we have probably 50-50. Um, yeah, it's just it's really interesting because that's kind of a false sense of confidence. So the people that are out there being braggadocious or too much over the top, that's barreling over everyone. That's just using confidence for dominance. And actually, I would say that that person's truly insecure because those people have to go around and really pontificate and convince people. When you are confident as fuck, it's all encompassing. You don't care. You don't need to go prove your confidence to someone. And I, I, we talk about this in the book, but you know, some of the most confident people are the quietest people in the room. Mm. This is not about being Ashley and I, where we are like, hey, how's it? You know, yeah, we're all going like, hey, you know, we'll talk to anybody. But, you know, this is not about that. My my best friend is one of the most confident guys I know. And he's the guy that you'll meet at the party who's standing in the corner, just kind of observing everyone. And someone in the party might go, oh, that poor guy over there in the corner. Nope, not at all. He's confident as fuck, just observing the room. And he feels totally comfortable in himself alone in a room full of strangers. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what this is about is how you feel right on the inside because anybody look we got con man we've got people in politics out there being quote confident about things but are they truly or are they just giving us a line of bullshit and that's where those people that's where you go ah something's not yeah you know, i'm not buying this about that person it's probably because they're not truly confident yeah absolutely and i think another thing it's really topical because as we're working on this project i was listening to a different podcast the other day and it kind of came up just sort of in, in this line of conversation someone said confident people are kind people. And that's a really strong statement. And it's something that I had, I actually had like a heated conversation with a male friend of mine. This could go off on a tangent and I won't let it go too far. But basically this guy had some misconceptions about, um, you know, gender relations in terms of leadership, basically. I don't even want to go too deeply into it because we've got better things to talk about. But he was kind of asking, like, in your experience with women who are bosses or women who are leaders, do you think that they have to be a certain way? Do they have to kind of be man-hating? Do they have to be sort of overly aggressive? Do they, you kind of need that sort of cutthroat kind of personality to make it as a woman. And I've said, actually, I have been really fortunate. And I think it's because I I manifest this and I I demand this in my life. I've been very fortunate to have working and personal relationships with a ton of alpha females. So first of all, I'm, I'm getting rid of the notion that alpha women can't be around other alpha women. I think we attract each other, but also that without a doubt, every single, uh, type a alpha boss, successful woman that I have known has been kind and caring and supportive of everyone, you know, especially other women, um, and has been somebody that cares about people because that's how you, you make your way in life is by caring about other people. That's what life is. If you, you know, you can, I guess you can step over people to get to the top on a certain, uh, to a certain extent, but like, what kind of life is that? So I don't know. I think that, I think that that's a really important thing, um, for people to internalize that you do not have to, it's not mutually exclusive that you can be a nice person and be confident that those two things actually really go hand in hand. And you'll see that the more you hang out with truly confident people. So, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. Alphas of females do attract each other 
for sure. And I've had great experiences myself. I think my my mom was pretty alpha and my mother never got into BS bullshit drama with girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't, I, I saw it on TV, I saw it in movies, you know, but that wasn't my mother's life. And so I've never been that way myself either. And as I talk about in the book, hey, women, we need to get with the program too, because if you're a confident woman, it starts with us. Um, and, you know, the people who, like you talked about, before, you can be confident in all of these areas. Like I am one of the most confident fucking people I know, but that doesn't mean that in one other area over here, I didn't have issues with either fear, insecurity about something. And I grant it, grant, I, I, I just grant that everyone listening who feels like, well, I'm super confident. I don't need this book. Ah, uh, I would second guess that because I didn't think I did either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until I had to address some things, which I mentioned deeply in the book. I have a whole chapter on it, but I've mentioned before that I got disabled at the age of 22 with my hands. And I carried great shame about this disability and was so embarrassed because I was an alpha. I didn't want to be seen as weak. I didn't want the label as dis the label of disability. I was afraid I'd be a liability to guys. I was fearful of a financial future. You know, when you're, when you're different from everybody uh, in terms of physicality, you know, it can be, it brings a lot of shame and embarrassment. And people know that listening who have a health problem, I can tell you all day long not to be ashamed. It's, oh, it's not your fault you got rheumatoid arthritis. It's not your fault you got cancer. That doesn't help the person who's dealing with that. So Shame Disables Confidence is a chapter in the book that's really important and details my story like I've never before detailed it. And the way that it affected me with confidence was that I was too afraid to tell boyfriends and romantic partners that the story about me for fear of rejection, judgment, whatever. And so here I am in my life, confident in every area, speak up all the time, and then comes to relationships up. I thought I could get away with it. I thought I could get away with that, hiding that shame in the background, just brush it under. No one needs to know. But again, it's something that I was carrying with me. And until I kind of came out about it and just decided to have no shame about my shame is when I truly became confident as fuck. You know what I mean? Which again, is a term all encompassing, not just over here, not just over there. And you mentioned earlier, and I want to touch on one of the examples in the book, which is John, which is... So you can be super confident in your abilities about a thing. You can be an anesthesiologist, surgeon, and be totally confident, bringing people to life and, you know, taking their brains out, putting them back in, all that kind of like amazing liability medical stuff that does require heavy confidence. And this guy, John, was also a spear fisherman, meaning like, oh my gosh, the guy's out in the middle of the ocean, wrangling 150-pound sea creatures out of the water, swimming with sharks. I mean, this is an incredibly serious sport that you need a lot of confidence for. But this guy couldn't have a conversation with his fucking neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that, and I mentioned it once on a podcast with Dr. Robert Glover, who um, I also mentioned in my book, a little excerpt from his, which, you know, I've interviewed him on the Primal Blueprint podcast, and he wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy and talked about people pleasers. And so again, you can seem on the outside, like you're the most confident person in the world, but are you? Mm -hmm. Are you? Mm -hmm. And what are you missing? You know, I just talked to a friend the other day who's very authentic, speaks their mind, doesn't BS people, just like you and I. Yet, they mentioned to me that they felt that they had been inauthentic in their relationship for many years and that they finally, like, again, that was one area where they weren't authentic, where they didn't speak up, where they weren't confident. And usually it's because we're afraid of rejection or something else, but I guarantee that we all have that. And aside from that, and we talk about, you know, I talk about this a lot in the book, but... Aside from that, there are other pitfalls of just daily life and what comes out of your mouth and how you're being and acting with people. And, you know, as Mark, and by the way, Mark Sisson wrote the forward 
to my book for for people listening, and it's really a wonderful endorsement. Um, and part of that uh, total no shit, no BS, Mark Sisson style in the forward, he says, you know, this is not going to be some book filled with acronyms, right? In this pretty little exercises. This is literally like a book about relatable stories from my life and others uh, that I've coached or whatnot, family, etc., that to me give a more relatable understanding of what you might need to do to clean up your own act. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yep. I wanted to, I want to touch more on, cause you talked about it a little bit, but I think that this is an important one. Um, the friction between confidence and vulnerability, because you and I have talked about this a lot. And, uh, I know a lot of, a lot of other people will relate to this. The idea that showing vulnerability, showing emotion, um, asking for help, things like that are seen as weakness to a lot of people. And even the word vulnerable, I mean, that, that means weakness a little bit, right? Like at its core, yeah, it's a it's terrible, like, it's got like such a negative. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're, you know, if you're vulnerable, you're like out it, it, like at the whim of the elements and people can attack you. <laughs> right. Animals can get you like it's it, the word. It makes you feel weak and, and, um, and insecure. Right. So and we've, yeah, I've struggled with this a lot. I think, again, I'm working on it. I'm getting better. But you said you you wrote some really personal stuff in this book about relationships, about your health, about your family, about other people, a lot of really deeply emotional and personal stuff. And as somebody who has struggled in the past, as I have, with being vulnerable, with being open, with showing your emotions to people, um, how was that process of writing for you? And knowing that people are going to read this, the people you're talking about are going to read this. How was that process and how did you kind of work your way through it? Yeah, you know, actually, that's a good one. I um, I think because I had already sort of come out in the world about my disability story, which was really that last lingering piece that was keeping me from being confident as fuck. You know, it was like this lingering thing in the background. And I think over the past couple of years, once I delve into that, I felt more free and able to move forward in vulnerability. And, you know, this was, uh, <laughs> I... I talk about this in the book, but my life coach uh, kicked my ass on it um, because <laughs> I, I really, again, alphas like us, female alphas and, and male alphas. So it's, it's anybody really. But, you know, I think men probably struggle with it more. And that's why men's groups are really great for men because they can sit there and there's some deep stuff. There's some emotional stuff that's going on with people. And it's a free space to kind of be and show emotions. And, it, you know, a little hippy dippy for guys. But when you're in the safe space, they kind of need that too. But for us alpha females, we don't want to ever appear as weak and we always want to be in control. And again, that sounds real shitty. I don't mean like we're control freaks, but again, it's just alphas are usually the people. Again, you call in an emergency because you're like, I got it. You know, hand, put it in a bag on some ice, call the hand surgeon. I got like, you know, you, you will be able to delegate quickly and we're good at that stuff. But that also, that, that sensibility makes us very inaccessible to others. So people are drawn to us, but then they don't feel like we're really accessible because we're not showing and communicating on a certain level. And one of the things that really killed me about this was I had what I realized about my shame of disability is that I wasn't able to have true friendships with people because I was hiding this thing. And so people were sharing their personal stories and whatever with me, and I couldn't really share that that thing. And 
that really recruited me from getting closer to these people. And so, you know, I called them afterwards and said, hey, I just want to share this with you because you've been so open about my life. And, you know, I broke down crying and I was like, here's this thing. And I was embarrassed by it. And I feel bad because you were so open about your life with me and creating this friendship. And here I am. I can't, don't feel like I can go deeper with you because I don't want you to find this thing out or I don't want to, you know what I mean? And so again, my lack of vulnerability or being open and my sense of shame prevented me from having some close relationships with people over the years that, again, no woulda, coulda, shouldas. But in hindsight, I wish I would have dealt with that and gotten to being confident as fuck sooner. Because again, highly confident, just like you, but we really need to be more accessible. And this is what we can learn from the people who need our help with confidence. They're good at receiving. They are good at allowing other people to take control, you know, and um, they will delegate things to people. They are just they're they're better at receiving compliments you know they're just they are just better at some things than we are and they're usually better at diplomacy but i argue in the book or declare it and i know you'd agree with me i believe the most confident fuck confident as fuck people are the people who are able to show vulnerability and emotion because again it's such a sense of i don't care and there's no more confident as fuck tenant than that i just don't give a shit what you think about me I was just going to say, it's it, even it's not even necessarily a lack of caring all the time. It's that here I am with my flaws and I'm okay with that. And I deserve love and I deserve what I deserve in the world, you know, as who I am. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Like, this is who I am. And I'm okay with that uh, flaws and all. Whereas a lot of people who try to keep their stuff in, it's because they're afraid that if they actually showed their flaws or their vulnerability, that people would think less of them. That's really how I, yeah, how I see it. Yeah. It absolutely is. And I think it's just ingrained with us, especially when, listen, the ladies out there listening know, alpha or not, when you're out there and, you know, both you you and I have been in male-dominated professions, you know, Mm -hmm. writing, podcasting, and paleo. It's pretty dominated by dudes. There's a lot of great chicks in there too, but we, so... It's, it's, and most women who are alpha are often in male-dominated businesses. And so, again, part of that for females is learning to relax into the feminine, like you and I are very alpha right now, we're talking about this. Um, and we're in our business mode, you know, where we got our thinking caps on. But for the most part, you know, I think that's what us alphas also need to learn is again, that sitting back, receiving, and being able to dip back into our feminine. And it's also why a lot of alpha females often do well with alpha men, because they're much, you know, Gabrielle Reese, the volleyball player, when I interviewed her, uh, we're talking about her husband, Laird Hamilton, they're both like sick alpha monster Amazon like athletes, right? These so guys good just, looking in real life too. It's ridiculous. So good looking in real life. Like I, when I met them, I wanted to jump off a bridge because I'm such yeah. huge fans and they're just, mon- they're beasts though in terms of like athletic prowess. And Gabby said something, she goes, you know what? Cause I was saying, you know, you're pretty alpha, you know, my damn, right? And she goes, I may be more alpha than most guys on any day, but I'm never more alpha than my husband. Hmm. Yeah. Now, this is going to differ for everyone. There are some alphas that are okay with what we call betas, and that might seem like a rip, but it's not. But you know that the softer personality, maybe it's a stay-at-home dad. Maybe it's, or you know, maybe it's like they're supporting their husband who's the artist, and they're out there, you know, with the CEO making all the money. I'm not saying all alpha women need to be with alpha guys, but it often is the case because then we're always the ones that are protecting and supporting and like relied upon as women. And so when we're with, at least in straight relationships, when we're with a guy, we need to feel that from them. That's that polarization. And it's really the primal instincts of male and female life. That just is the way it is in terms of these relationships. So, you know, that's often why we do, I know you're married to an alpha, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I do best with alphas too, because again, we don't, we can take the back seat and receive and let someone take care of us. And so that's again, where we can learn from other people that come to seek confidence from us. We need to learn their softer capabilities. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really want to talk about with the book that I really appreciated is that there's a lot of really tangible, actionable, um, just action points really that you can take. Like this is a, this, this can be a bit of a nebulous topic, right? Like it's, you can't, you can't touch and hold confidence. You can't, you can't physically see it, right? It's a feeling, it's a state of being. So it's easy to write a book that's very, um, and I'm not, I I don't want to be judgmental of other approaches and other, uh, personalities, but can be very like sort of hippy dippy, like just feel the confidence flow through you and just get it. And it's just going to be there if you love yourself and like, whatever, (laughs) I don't know, whatever, different strokes for different folks. But one of the things that I really appreciated about this book is that you, you use examples that are clear that have sort of, um, a, a, a definable like climax and like, here's the point where they realized something and changed their behavior. You have lists, you have, um, action points for people to follow, to say, here are some things you can like legit do right now to start figuring out your shit and, and sort out your problems. And I, I really appreciate that because I think that it's great to talk. It's great to talk about how we feel and how, what we're struggling with and what we're going through. But at the end of the day, I want to know what the next step is, you know? And I think that that's one of the things that you did really well in this book is that you, you introduce a subject, you talk about it, you discuss it, you look at it from different angles. And then you're like, and now here, let's, let's do something about it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that one of the big things that, um, and it kind of ties into how we, we started working together on this, on this, um, project. One of the, Oh, I love this yes, story. Please yes. tell this story. <laughs> so one of the big things that I, I appreciate the most, and I talk about this so much in my life. And that's why I was so excited to work on this project. Cause I was like, yes, like hell yeah. When I was reading it is that. So I think a lot of confidence comes from competence in whatever it is in your life that you care about, right? So people think, people look at somebody like you, they look at somebody like me, or they look at somebody like Laird Hamilton, and they're like, well, of course they're confident because look, they've got a great job, or they're an athlete, or they're good looking, or they're tall, or they're rich, or whatever it is that people are seeing in other people. And they think, of course, they're confident. But as we've said, like you can be all of these things and not have confidence. But what one thing that almost guarantees having confidence in, in an area is knowing what you're doing in that area. So if you know that you're a good podcaster, if you know that you're a good mother or a good friend or whatever it is that you're doing and that, that you like to do, if you know that you're good at it or that you're trying and that you're working hard and you're learning and you're dedicating yourself to it, there's so much confidence that comes from that. And not to say that you have to be perfect at everything, but when you care and you you dedicate yourself to being better the confidence comes with that. And so that all comes around to how you and I started working on this project. Right. And but before you tell the story, yeah. so I want to say too, like, let's take the example of mother. Let's say you have your own child, right? Um, and I don't know, maybe they're three years old. And then one of your friends is like, hey, can you watch my five-year-old? You're not going to be like, ooh, I've never watched a five-year-old <laughs> right. before. I don't 
<laughs> because you, because again, and that, that's a very base example. There's, there's more, you know, juicier ones to be had, but that, that makes so much sense, right? I mean, again, you, you're confident, you, you, if you're comfortable on kids, you're comfortable on kids, it doesn't matter who kid it is or what their age is, because you just are confident as adult around kids. And there's some people that aren't right. But that, so and then continue because so I'll prep your story, which is to say that so here I am. I'm tell no one I'm writing this book except for like Mark Sisson and like my best friend. And I don't even tell Ashley what the title is. But I was like, I was like, Oh, I, I need an editor. And I know Ashley is a writer and editor for Paleo Magazine, so maybe she knows a book editor. Let me text her, and I didn't tell her what the topic was at that time. You're telling I the story just... now, Elle. Hello. No, no, no. Okay, totally so like, my... now it's yours. No, now it's yours. But so, so I didn't know. So she didn't know the title, and I and I texted her. Yeah. So I mean, that's really the story. Is I mean, you and I, you know, we we stay in contact because we're in the same circles and we're doing the same things. And I'm asking you questions, and and I remember asking you a question, asking for help about something like a few months back, and you would give me some really great advice, and we were kind of chatting about some different projects, and you literally a few months, mu- like you know, a few months back whatever, texted me out of the blue and said like, Hey, I'm writing this book. I need an editor. Like, do you, you know, that maybe is in this sort of space. So kind of gets it. Like, do you have any, any recommendations? And it took me half a second to respond with, and I mean, I don't have the text up, but it literally was like, I wrote to you and I said, and I didn't say, you know, like, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe I could do it for you. Like maybe whatever, like, I don't know, like it might be a good idea. I said, I have never edited an entire book before, but that's just semantics. I'm an editor. I'm a good editor. And I'd love to do this project with you. And you were like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and then there we go. But, yeah. but, okay. So then as I'm editing, as I'm writing or editing your writing, there was a section that you, you were in conversation with somebody and you were talking about confidence and cultivating confidence. And you literally, there was a paragraph in this book that where you the exact same scenario played out. You said that you were working on, it was like a screenplay or something, or somebody had offered to, for you to write this thing. Someone asked me to write a documentary. Right. And you were like, well, no, I've I've never written a documentary before, but I'm a good writer. I've written all kinds of other things. Like, why couldn't I do this? And that's, that's where the preface that I had before about like being competent in your ability, knowing that you are competent, knowing that you have abilities. And even if you don't know a thing, you can learn that thing and you care enough to learn that thing. That's where confidence comes from. And I was like, this thing that I'm reading in this book is literally the conversation that you and I had. Like this could not be more aligned and more serendipitous. And I actually inserted, because of course I had to put my stamp on it somewhere. I inserted an editor's note in that section that said, this is literally how you and I came to be working together on this project. And it was just so cool. It could not have been more perfect and, and a better illustration of how this stuff plays out in real life. It was just amazing. It was, it was, it was, again, so I'm getting goosebumps right now because it was so serendipitous. And of course, <laughs> if I could choose anyone, I would have chosen Ashley. But again, I, I didn't know a book or not, but I, but her response again was so confident. And here's the thing is I talk about this, you know, I talk about, you know, confidence as an employer, you know, in the bedroom, the boardroom, all the different areas. And one is when I used to hire people for a living. And again, in general, employers would rather hire a confident person versus someone who was like actually skilled in the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. part of that is because of what you're saying in terms of when you learn a thing, one thing in one arena, then you can build that confidence in all areas in that arena. And so that story about the documentary, um, I actually, I was, a, I, I took it a step further. I just said, yeah, totally. I'd love to. I didn't even, I didn't even say I've never done it before, but that's just semantic. But it was even better that you said that because I was just like, I love that term. Like, that's just semantics. Like, I'm not even, 
whatever. Yeah, this is, that's, that's it's so hilarious. Not yeah. relevant. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a thing. And that's kind of like now I was a less a little less confident at the time that they asked me to write a documentary. But literally in my head, in that second, was just you're a writer. Then you'll figure out how to write it. Again, I've already written something. It may not have been this, but it's been other things. And so it's just semantics at this point. And also someone who challenged me when writing a book, like, oh, you've never written a book for. I'm like, uh, that's, I've, what, again. And Everybody so, who's yeah. written a book has never written a book before when they first start. <laughs> like, you know, right. Hemingway, when he wrote his first book, he had never written a book before. Like, come on, guys. Just right. do it. <laughs> so and we, and we, we talk about stuff like that. And then also, um, I just, yeah, I love that example. And again, if you're out there, then take that risk, you know, because uh, Ashley didn't fail at it. And was she bound to fail? No, because right from the beginning, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm confident as fucking this, whatever. Like, I don't know what I'm doing right now in this very moment. I'll figure it out. I'll figure yeah. it out because I'm, I'm confident it. enough that I'll figure it out. She wasn't projecting a future failure of not being able to. Now, again, we're just talking about specific skill sets or, you know, an ability you have in a thing in, in an arena and how to possibly build that. And, and you know, I don't know where you want to go from here, but just contrasting that with a whole section on like how to identify and ditch bad vibes and negative energy from people. This stuff will chump up your confidence. It will Mm -hmm. dig into your self-esteem. So part of this book is not like, here's how to do this, how to, there's a lot of that through story. But then again, I think it's really important. There's so many things that dig into confidence out there in the world. And I wanted to paint the picture of like, here's all the things you need to clean up and work on if you want to get to be confident as fuck. Um, You can be confident now, but if you want to be confident as fuck, or you may even have no self-esteem right now, you might not even be able to talk to people because you're so shy. It doesn't matter. You 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 can start somewhere. I, I've seen it. We, I've seen major 180s in my life with this. Mm-hmm. So so you know it's all it's just all encompassing in terms of again just how to approach your life, but with that tinge of speaking up, being confident inside and outside. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about because again this is the Primal Blueprint podcast, and we do you know you and I both in our careers talk a lot about health and ancestral health and fitness and nutrition and all of these things. And that does play into, um, confidence. It's obviously a very complex and layered, uh, sort of tapestry that may take longer than one podcast to kind of delve into, but you do touch on, uh, health and nutrition and sort of a little bit of that, um, physiology in the book as well. And I guess I, I wonder, and I know there probably isn't one simple answer to this because there never is, but where where does this fall in the sort of chicken and egg scenario of like get healthy, get physically healthy, gain confidence, or work on your confidence and then this healthy, this physical healthy stuff comes next? Like where do you sort of, how do you sort of position that for people? I think both are possible, but I think the easiest route is to get healthy because in that Pro you move to do something for the only thing you got, which is this damn meat suit Yeah, to do, to take a step forward, to, to do what's right here, right in front of you, right, right now, sitting here, right here. I'm in my body. Here's my body. Okay. Like that move is so self-affirming. And if you keep down that direction, I feel like that will build confidence faster than you trying to manifest it ethereally or through, you know, thinking and feeling and intention, which I do believe you can do. I absolutely do. I talk about it a lot in the book. I absolutely believe both are possible. I just think it's a little bit easier because again, it's a personal, immediate, activated thing that doesn't involve anyone else. It doesn't even involve speaking up. You can be the shyest person in the world, but you can stop putting shit in your mouth. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe feel a little bit better. Then you start to feel better. Now the neurotransmitters are firing the right way. Now you're, now you're not having anxiety or now you're like thyroid problems gone. And now you can think clearly. We need proper T3 levels to think clearly and be confident. Um, and, and because those, and, and not to make it a thyroid discussion, but all of the things we know about the processes in the body, I mean, that affect our blood glucose and cortisol and stress, these affect our mental and emotional state. You're going to bound to be more reactive. And I, I, I'll give a shout out, Allie Miller, anti-anxiety diet. If you guys have problems with anxiety, please check that out. So I would say once you start there, it's a cascade domino effect way up high, just goes, shoots, it, there's, there's no losing on that game and it can't go wrong. But if you use intention only, Still, if you're doing intention from a platform of a sick or ill or just, you know, messed up uh, energetic body, then I'm not sure you're going to be as successful. Does that make sense? I just think that the, the scales tip in favor of get a little bit healthy first. And here's the thing. You can be obese and be confident. But I would guarantee you that if you really looked at it, there's some part of you because I can't imagine anyone who's seriously obese feels comfortable in their body, in their skin. And it's not about judging the person. Uh, hey, I'm the last person to judge anyone based on everything that I've been through. I'm empathetic towards it. But again, I would sense that when you're feeling confident and good in your body, and it's not about being a shape model or looking like Ashley Van Houten, who's super hot, you should check her out on, on the, at the Muscle Maven. Thanks for that. Um, I like that one. For real. Uh, if you need to like get a body, just go to her Instagram page and she'll tell you how to do it. But so, you know, you, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. Well, that's awesome, but that's not what we're talking about. But it is about feeling good because listen, I, I, I don't know if you've ever been there because I don't know if you've ever been a shit eater, but I have and I know a lot of people have. And before you become the person that's healthy, you know, it is a depressing, it doesn't feel right. You know, you're not doing right on yourself. You know it. You just know it. You know it. Or there's something either you're insecure about or you just don't physically feel as good as you could. So that's the little section of the book where I'm like, hey, you know, you could be a vegan and vegetarian and still be confident as fuck. I would just say if you don't have the mental energy all day long and you're not feeling happy and inspired, then you do need to look into functional medicine, get a full workup, get the thyroid checked, and also look into nutrients that support these things um, because that does fuel confidence. And listen, right, this is primal instinct stuff, Ashley. Let's talk about primal ancestral. And I, I wish I could have dropped like 10 Mark quotes from Primal Connection, Mark Sisson's book, because, you know, a lot of it is like when we had a problem that happened back in the day, like no one sat around and fucking cried about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there wasn't time to be a victim, you know, and there's that little, there's a, there's a section of my book I think everyone will like called, uh, your victim application has been denied. Love it. And so, you know, Mark talks about that in Primal Connection where it's like, listen, you had to trudge forward, you know? So I would say we need to be more primal in our nature, nurture, everything that we're doing, uh, outlook at life. And again, if that needs to be even almost a vegetarian tinted, uh, way of doing it, however you have to do, uh, it, but I feel that it's important to get in touch with that because when we speak up for ourselves and we stand up for ourselves or we declare our worth and we, you know, whether it's getting a new job or whatever it is, or standing up to the other shitty PTA mom at the event, I mean, literally it could be any situation mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it, it's important that you have the foundation, this baseline. And I think it's also important to foster it. That's why I think it's important to be confident as fuck because it's almost like cycling back and fostering our primal instincts to survive and dominate, mm -hmm. right? I mean, our ancestors weren't like, whatevs. They were like, oh, I'm going to like spread my seed. I'm going to have tribes. I'm running this shit, right? I mean, listen, it's we're, we're a, 
a serious force. Yeah, yeah. We're human beings are doers. We get stuff done. And I think that having a lack of confidence, that's one of the biggest um, problems is that it keeps you from doing the things that you want to do. And, you know, you touched on like going back to the health part. I would tend to agree with what you're saying simply from a pragmatic standpoint of it's a lot easier to to make big changes by starting with tiny, simple steps that that accumulate and cause this cascading effect. So if someone's sitting there and they're maybe unhealthy, or overweight or they don't know how to work out and they're sad about it and they're not confident and they're shy and they don't know how to talk to people. And it's like this huge, just like ball of bullshit that they have to deal with telling them like, well, let's fix your confidence. Like, come on guys. Like maybe let's talk about, let's go for a walk. Maybe bring your friend with you or listen to a podcast while you go for a walk every morning. Let's eat more protein at breakfast. Let's just do that this week. Like these kind of small actionable tasks that are going to change the chemicals in your brain and in your body that are going to make you feel better and be able to focus more and, you know, work harder and move more and all of those things. That's, that's just like the whole ripple effect that, that leads you down the path of where you want to go. So I think that makes a lot of sense and I like it. Um, it's yeah. hard to hold on to confidence when you're depressed. And mm-hmm. there's a quote in the book from Holly Perkins, like celebrity shape magazine trainer, dealt with antidepressants since she was a kid on and off for ever. Uh, always thought it was just her. Something's wrong with you. I guess it's just the way you are. And then, um, still fit, never had like any weight issues, but had issues there with depression suffered for a couple decades. Then she randomly took some tests and realized she had a very severe intolerance to gluten and also dairy. And she literally cut them out of her diet. And within a year she was off antidepressants and imagine she was like, damn, all those years I had this identification. And so how did she fix it? By getting into some functional, deep, you know, testing and and looking at the back end instead of just taking the Prozac and she was able to wean herself off. So right there, now she's confident, she's out there, she's a celebrity personal trainer, but you know, again, clearly on the back end suffering, right? And when you're depressed and in that state of depression, that is not a confident state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is not a confident state. So again, you have the dichotomy of here I am, I'm confident, but damn, I'm home and I'm just like a mess or I can't talk to my neighbor or I can't (laughs) ask for the raise, but Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And so that's why health is important because it affects our brains. Our brains affect our emotion, our emotions and those emotions and the steadiness of them and again, just like the high of keto or low carb or primal, um, is, is just like, it's, it's made for confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one more question that I have not asked you throughout this entire process together. And like I said, I feel like this could probably, this could probably be a number of, uh, podcast episodes and I'm going to have to actually get you back on, on paleo magazine radio. So we can talk more about the book because there's just, there's so much, there's so much to cover there and I love it. But one of the questions that I want to ask you, I think it's a good place to sort of end off is were, was your confidence tested during this process at any point and when and how, and how did you deal with it? That's a great question. It started with the title, which I had been working on for like a while, but then nothing like this. And then this came up and I was so into it, but then people were like, uh, mm-hmm. because of the swear word, you know? And, and, uh, even though it's in our vernacular, like, oh, that guy's hot as fuck, or I'm even like namaste yeah. as fuck. That's just used yeah. everywhere. Right. Um, and, and I use it in my own language. And the thing is that it really sums it up. I am confident as fuck. That's exactly how I would say it to someone. Um, yes. Uh, my confidence is always tested. Um, and again, you're confident as fuck, but you're not going to, you're going to have moments 
that you're going to have to step up yourself and walk the walk. And so, yeah, that happened. You know what? Even with the first book and with this book, there's an overall hit that you get, which is who do I think I am? Oh, yeah. Like that, that'll come yep. up for a minute. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, who do I, do I, but the thing is, is that I was, I'm so compelled deep inside that there was no real wavering that I wouldn't ever do mm-hmm. it and get it out mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Then there were moments where I was revealing personal stuff about my life that I used to be horrified to be vulnerable about or admit though. I had moments, uh, crying, sobbing while writing those times. They were painful for me. Um, I doubt those were like, they were like lack of confidence moments, but they were almost crying for my old self who was in shame and had lack of confidence over there and spent so many years, so many years. Oh, just what a regret, you know, no woulda, coulda, shouldas. But again, this is why I write the book. Like, Hey, Hey people get on it. I learned it for you. Hey, (laughs) you know, let my tragedy be it. So that, that was also just kind of painful moments too of, um, of that. Then (laughs) actually, we had one towards the end of the book where, so here's the thing, like, you know, Ashley was doing like really mostly all the back end stuff, making sure this thing's formatted right. How do we get it on Amazon learning on all the different parameters that are involved in publishing a book. And that's and, a whole other episode. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. That's an, I know, that's an episode that would just be painful, <laughs> but you, um, but, but th- this happened where like, I just was kind of afraid to log in you know, and like not have her do it. Like I was afraid I'd touch a button or be like, I don't know. I just don't want to like, and again, one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, I could do math, but I don't like it. So I was just kind of like, no, I just don't, you know, I'll let her do it. And then I asked you something towards the end of the publishing thing where I'm like, Hey, what about this? And hit and you, and this is funny. Cause I said it in my book, you didn't enable me. You were like, Hey, why don't you go on and try to log in and see. And I was like, oh, bitch, that's awesome. Because, because in my book, I, I have... I, the best, Al. I read your right. book and there it is. There it is. And, and for, for you listening, in my book, there's a moment where I talk about how, you know, you don't, you don't enable other people in certain things if they're not confident about it. And again, I was being mostly a baby. It's not like I... But again, I just like that you were like, hey, you know what? I think you're fine. That's what friends are for, right? But as as funny as it is, that literally happened because, I mean, we've gotten to know each other better over this project too. Like we, I think we, we got a sense of who, who we were about before this, but I think it's only solidified and kind of grown stronger as we've worked on this project together. But all of that, like how to, how to encourage people, how to support people, how to not enable people by giving them some tough love. Like that's all stuff that I relearned reading your book. So I mean, and, and so I needed it even yeah. during the process. Of yeah. the, it was the after process, but even I, so again, I'm even prey and susceptible two things, right? But I caught it and I ended up logging in. And now I'm telling, because we haven't talked about this part. I'm just revealing it right now in the podcast to you, but I knew you know what I'm talking about because yeah. you wrote me the text. Yeah. Um, so that's why I bring it up because I'm like, yeah, that's true. So even along the process, there were moments where I had a, you know, it, as lame as that is, you know, or whatever people might think that's lame. It's still a moment. It's still a little bit of a teaching moment where, you know, again, not enabling others and encouraging them to be not scared of something. And, you know, here it was like this login on the publishing website. And I was just like, I can't. <laughs> I love it. It's so totally, good. totally it's unfair. A circle moment though, right? Like of yeah. course, now the downside is going to be that for the rest of your life, because of this book, if like, you know, any, any like chink in the armor comes up and your friends are oh. going to be like, Oh, that's not very confident as fuck of you. Like, 100%. <laughs> I screwed myself for the rest of my life on this one. And, and you know what? That's okay. I realized I'm like, yeah, I I realize that one. Uh, but also too, I just want to let everyone know too, you know, this is about, again, like 
from cleaning up your past, ditching bad vibes and negative people who are keeping you from being confident as fuck, you know, being inspired to speak up for yourself and, you know, get into the arena of self-examination. That's what it's about. That's how you build the confidence. And again, you might need to start from square one and get a social coach who can help you talk to people. You might be debilitatingly shy. That's okay. I've seen people go from there to outgoing as fuck. That's the next one, right? No, and they, it, it's so possible. So I want everyone to know that confidence is there for you, whether it's performance and outward confidence like Ashley and I have in public speaking, or whether it's just you feeling confident about your life and valued and, and confident in, in any ability, no matter what it is, no matter what it is that you even want to become confident about. And, you know, this last note is that I mentioned this in the book, but I overheard someone. There's a great section in the book with a wonderful PhD who writes for Psychology Today and all sorts of publications from Duke University uh, named Mark Leary. And we had a conversation um, in the book. And, you know, this I overheard a woman who is a PhD, extremely smart, knows it, um, completely confident. But I overheard her saying to someone, you know, my problem is I know my shit. I really do. But I'm just not that confident. And so, again, if that resonates with you, that that woman is partially confident. She's not confident as fuck yet. But she's confident in an ability, in a thing, whether it's her knowledge in something. And she's confident about even telling you and being able to explain it to you. She's confident as fuck about that. But she's not overall because of that statement. And so, again, back to even if you think you're confident, there might be some chinks in the armor like you talked about. And not that those chinks ever go away, but you catch them quickly, right? You know, and, and you, you, you see them right away and you change them and they're just little blips versus long stretches. Mm-hmm. Well, all I can say is it was truly truly not blowing smoke. It was an incredible learning experience. I was honored to be a part of it. I'm so glad that we got to to do that work together. And I'm really excited to hear how people respond to it and how it helps other people. Um, and yeah, I just, I just feel so, so fortunate to have been a part of it. So thank you for letting me do that. And thank you for letting me steal the the podcast today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much as well. I feel the same way. And honestly, this is just, again, part of what's in the book about how to manifest things. It took me two seconds. It took a text to Ashley as the first person to be like, Hey, you know, any editor, (laughs) and then here we are. And so it all flowed. And, um, I hope everyone, I would, I can't wait to hear people's feedback. It's confident as fuck forward is by Mark Sissom and it is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback. And I would just love to hear everyone's feedback. You can reach out through my website. And of course, we will see you all next week. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called phosphatidylserine, or PS, and this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life, 
And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout. But instead, this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function, maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy, stressful day. This stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage. So I like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events, such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.